your competition, we like basically the whole month of February and March is dedicated to these competitions. You wake up first off Friday night. <laughs> so you, you don't make the, the whole... set list the week of and then go and perform. No, also no one just is like, hey, can piano man, can you please play um, my humps? And then you sing it in front of all the students. That doesn't happen. I'm sorry if you actually thought that happened. Just the fact that you chose my hump because they did do the weirdest songs, but like, what is that? They're like, and like, make it B flat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens. I'm Pate. And I'm Nellie. This week, we're diving into an oldie but a goodie and a classic guilty pleasure, Glee. Glee ran from 2009 to 2015 and was created by Ryan Murphy, Brad Fulchuk, and Ian Brennan. It starred... Bro, Ian. (laughs) What did I say? Ian. (laughs) <laughs> i'm not kidding when i read these names i was like Kate's gonna get it these are all like very doable names and then you were, like, you were like two-thirds of the way there and then you said ian i'm simply it's because i was literally focused so hard on brad Fulchuk. i was like god what it. a thoughtless husband oh really okay t brian brad and ian brennan it starred Leah Michelle, Naya Rivera, Corey Monteith, Chris Colfer, Matthew Morrison, Barf, and so many more. Glee follows high school Spanish teacher Will Schuster as he starts McKinley High School's Glee Club in the hopes of creating a space where students can be themselves and find their voice. And we're here to unpack the good, the bad, and the ugly. Today we're joined by our pal, Amelia Shane. Amelia is a senior at our alma mater, Swanee, majoring in international and global studies and a business minor. She is a pop culture fanatic and enjoys breaking into casual song and dance similar to the characters on Glee. So we're excited to unpack the show with Amelia, tackling the relationships and important themes that Glee presents to its audience. Amelia, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Hi, everyone. Like, thank y'all for having me. I am through the roof beyond the moon. So excited. So much fun. And I, Pate knows this, but I've been wanting to talk about Glee for a while. I think I've referenced it on a few episodes already. Literally forever. She's been wanting to do this. (laughs) That's the thing about the show. It is always appropriate to talk about it. Also, truly, like, I don't think this will be the last time we talk about it. I want to give that (laughs) disclaimer because I just... Obviously, was it seven seasons, six seasons? It's a lot to unpack, but we're going to really like do a deep dive. And then who knows? Maybe we'll talk about it again in the future. <laughs> maybe we'll have you back and we'll continue our conversation on Glee. Perfect. But, I'm just y'all's resident Gleek here on the pod. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess... To start off, because obviously, I, like, I know I've wanted to talk about this for a while, but I, you did bring it up before me saying, let's talk about it. So I appreciate that because you've made it happen for us. But what made you choose Glee and why do you think it's worthy of feminist critique? Yes. So I think Glee is just one of those shows that everyone has at least watched one episode and there's so many different situations that happen in the show that you can relate to your life. And I would even go so far to say that it's our generation's like Friends or Seinfeld because of its relatability. But I do know that like a lot of people our age have watched those shows. But I think that like, as it was on television, we all watched it. Um, And also for me personally, it exposed me to a lot of different topics like sexuality, music history, and friendships while I was 10 years old in 2009. And I think that the perspectives that the writers at least attempted to portray were very different from anyone I had ever met in real life. Um, And then also the exposure to musical classics and old rock songs that I had never heard before is one of the reasons I was so loyal to watching Glee. 
And then I think for it to be a feminist critique, I think definitely in the media nowadays, we are kind of realizing like the inappropriateness within the show and just the Matthew Morris Morrison of it all. He really has become such a meme that I think people are really reflecting back on a lot of the episodes and being like, how was this able to air? Why did Fox do this to us? But I also think it was good in a lot of ways because it was able to bring these topics to households all over the country. Um, but I will say, and we will definitely 100% get into this later, but Glee is very bad at overly stereotyping and tokenizing certain characters. Um, and so I think that definitely is like gives it terms to be critiqued. And then also because this is a podcast and we're talking about Glee, I was wondering, have y'all ever listened to Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushkowitz? They have a podcast. They're the characters, Artie and Tina, and they really break down every single episode that's ever been released of Glee. And they kind of talk about what was going on behind the scenes and what they think of the themes in 2021. Yeah, I've heard a bit about it. I've listened to, actually, because I had heard about it, and we were preparing for this week's episode, I thought I'd listen to, um, to one. So I did listen to one of their episodes, but I want to like do like, I honestly it would be a fun goal to like watch an episode and then listen and then watch an episode and listen, which um, I guess if I eventually catch up, then it could just be like a weekly ritual <laughs> of watching an episode of Glee and then listening to their show. But I think it's such a cool insight into that experience, especially because like you said, like, so much has come to light, especially in, in, I mean, even in this year, I mean, all the shit that has come out with, um, Leah Michelle, um, oh, yeah. and her racism on set and like all the messiness of that. And like that, that like being so problematic, um, and just kind of other stuff that like, we've heard about the, um, I don't know the producers and just like how how the show was made so I I definitely want to listen to Kevin and Jenna's podcast more because first of all I really like both of them as actors and people but also um I just think it's like a really unique I don't know of another show where there are people that are I don't really know of other shows where like you hear people do a deep dive of things as they're happening so I think it's kind of fun even though obviously Glee is done now also yeah and I did first it is that's exactly what I was about to say everyone dies I think a lot of people started watching or re-watching over quarantine when Naya Rivera died so tragically Mm -hmm. and so I think that really brought like more light and because especially because all the cast got together I don't know if y'all saw those photos yeah of them just like standing together and like showing that even though the show was kind of like a meme there's still like a little bit of like it being iconic because they did have such great relationships and they've dealt with so much as a cast. Cause I forget too, that Rachel and Finn, Leah, Michelle and Corey Monteith were engaged when he died. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's just something that they will never get over. Yeah. Like they shouldn't have to. Amber Riley, like her album, I believe was dedicated to Naya Rivera. And there was a song specifically about her. I don't know about the album being dedicated. Maybe I made that up, but like, like they had a very, close close knit like friendship obviously there was like drama like I think as a whole of the cast like it sounds like Leah Michelle is pretty estranged with all of them um it sounds like her her character as Rachel is not all that different from her personhood um but like as a whole it seems like people are pretty close so um and it was like a long time of their lives in a very formative period that they yeah. were in the show together. And I don't know if you watched like further into the seasons when they introduced Kitty, who mm-hmm. is I've, like yeah, the I've cheerleader. The okay. <laughs> ashamed I've, to say, I've seen the whole thing, like not ashamed, but you know what I mean? The end is bad though. Um, maybe, I, maybe I've seen it all. I've definitely seen it all the way through at least twice, but maybe three times. I've definitely seen up until season four, like probably four plus times, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely like I comfort watch like seasons one through three regularly. But but what I was going to say about Kitty is she has now like an internet personality 
she's a part of the lady gang podcast and then they had like a short stint on the e-network I'm pretty sure um and she's gone on a lot of podcasts that I listen to regularly and she does not want to talk about Glee even though that's what got her her fame and where she is today she's like do not ask me about Glee do not like that's just something she's not comfortable with whereas I think that's really interesting compared to others who are like actively talking about it regularly that is so interesting I didn't know that I knew that she had a podcast but I haven't listened to it so shout out queen if you're listening (laughs) I'll listen to your pod (laughs) I would die but that's I love that maybe she'll come on (laughs) next week (laughs) next week see you there kitty um I'll accept I won't call you that because you don't want to talk about Glee um but yeah I think like everything you just brought up is so important I'm excited to really dive into all of this so I think it's important to talk about high school um Amelia you mentioned how this show sets pretty extreme expectations of what a high school experience might look like um through the episodes like blame it on the alcohol So what sort of expectation does Glee set for its audience, particularly how does it affect its young viewers? Because like you said, we were all 10, 11, 12 when this came out, and I definitely watched it in my youth. Um, Fans, I watched like the first few seasons. Um, I'm not a Gleek like Nellie and (laughs) Amelia are. Um, So don't like judge me if I'm not as um thoughtful in my answers because (laughs) I my knowledge of Glee recently has been through TikToks shaming Matthew Morrison Um, I realized too because I feel like this is a big TikTok joke but I feel like we should have given a trigger warning about Matthew Morrison oh trigger warning hopefully if you're Matthew Morrison put it in the description hopefully if you're here you like knew that (laughs) yeah (laughs) you saw Glee and you knew (laughs) yeah but anyways, let's talk about like, yeah, high school, the expectations Glee sets and the importance of that with its young audience. I know one of the things that comes to mind like immediately when talking about Glee and just like how it represents high school, because I'll say again, like I was so young and watching this with my mom and my sister, like 7 p.m. on Tuesday on Fox. And in the first season, one of the big storylines is Quinn Fabray gets pregnant and she is actually cheating on her boyfriend with Puck, but her boyfriend Finn does not know that. And so she tells Finn, we, cause they had never had sex before. And so she tells Finn the reason that she got pregnant is because they were making out in a hot tub and that just like the chemicals and like the heat of the hot tub is what made her pregnant. And when I was 10 years old, I was like, oh, that's how you get pregnant. Like I saw it on TV, like that's the 100% gospel truth. Um, And so I think that's just like definitely like one of the major things that I was just like, wait a second, like everyone in high school is having sex. Everyone in high school has had multiple boyfriends, so many relationships, and it seems very serious. Whereas like the characters themselves weren't very mature. But they were definitely dealing with like mature subject matter that I just like had not been exposed to before. And then this is like super minor, but I know it's a comedy television show, but there was rarely any discussion or any scenes of them like physically in class, like having homework or doing anything that was a normal club environment that I was like hoping for, expecting. And a lot of the relationships they had with teachers was super inappropriate. And I think at the time when I was watching, I didn't realize that those were inappropriate relationships. But now looking back, I'm like, I, and I feel like it could have really affected the way that I went into high school, but I did have, I did have older siblings who had already done it before. And so I know that they weren't doing anything crazy or like kissing their teachers or getting pregnant. So I feel like reality kind of was able to warp me into a better understanding but I definitely think Glee had an influence on the way I definitely viewed the world around me and especially some of my friends who I've talked about this topic with before. Yeah when I it's um, interesting how you talk about like watching this at age 10 because when I so I guess that would have made me like 11 (laughs) when when the show came out but 
I remember like seeing ads for it probably while watching like American Idol or something I saw ads for Glee and I was like oh I want to watch that show it looks so good and like at 11 Pete knows this but I was like a PBS kid probably until around the age 11 and so at around 11 I was kind of pushing boundaries being like can I please watch some other things um and I remember like but my family and I would watch American Idol so on Fox and I remember seeing the ads for Glee and being like can I watch that? And like, it looked appropriate. It didn't look all that different from American Idol, to be honest. There's just a lot of singing. And so my my parents were like, okay, well, we'll watch one episode and then we can decide kind of deal, which like my parents, like as a whole, I want to name because a lot of the, I feel like some of the listeners don't really know my parents, like aren't particularly strict, but when it came to things like TV, they were kind of at, until a certain age, I guess. But I... I remember they watched the very first episode and my dad said that the moment Kurt got thrown in the dumpster, he just turned the TV off and was like, no, you're not watching it. And that was, that's what, that's what made him decide was like that. And I don't know. I mean, it's funny. I haven't, we now as a family watch Glee. So it's like funny to think about it now that it was, I mean, at the age of 11, it wasn't allowed, but I don't know if it's because like they think that that's an unrealistic expectation or they just don't want to expose me to kind of those hardships they didn't want to expose me to kind of those hardships and those hard conversations not that excuse me not that I think the show really delves deep enough into some of these conversations but it's interesting like think about that in like the context of my initial experience I didn't watch it until I was probably more like actually in high school perhaps or maybe like at least later middle school, not not 11. But I agree that there are pretty extreme expectations. And I do remember even when I watched it in like eighth or ninth grade, still having like the, the feeling of like, oh, well, I'm not like I'm doing something wrong kind of if my experience isn't like this. But then realizing, wait, this isn't actually what's happening. But I still think like, even if you're able to be like, okay, yeah, this isn't what high school looks like, you might still in the back of your mind be like, oh, I'm supposed to be like kissing all these boys and like having these experiences. And like, if you're into like the arts, which like I was, I like I was and am still a dancer, like being like, oh my God, I need to be like my best. Pate was in show choir so we can hear about her experience (laughs) and how the show represents show choir. I'm setting you up for that, Pate. But I do think like, especially in terms of relationships and especially I think in terms of bullying, obviously bullying does very much happen in high school. And I think there's kind of a different way of like bullying is very different now, especially with the internet. I think it's like worse or it's a nuanced version of it. But I, I think the, again, like the stereotyping in the show is so extreme, which I know we're going to talk even more so about, but um, yeah, I, I just think it sets some pretty interesting expectations for young viewers and in the end I'm glad that like I was pushed a few years later to watch it but if I had I'm, I'm glad Amelia you got to watch it like with your mom and your older sister who like were able to be like okay maybe this isn't necessarily what actually happens I feel like yes we definitely watched it together in the lens where it's like if they're using swear words like we don't say those swear words this yeah. is just for comedy this is just for fun like right and we for the music all- literally for the music I was so obsessed with musicals like me and my sister we did like our like community musicals a few times and so it was just so fun because they had like the star power like oh yeah and Kristen Chenoweth were always on there and I was like wow like that's the dream and then also just like whenever they would introduce like Britney Spears Olivia Newton-John I was like this feels like I know them because like I'm exposed to them and it was before like really YouTube for me like I was able to watch me TV too. more than I was able to be online. And so this was like a way for me to kind of be exposed to actually anything. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, well, my parents were very strict with what we could watch and what we couldn't watch. Um, my mom still doesn't like any TV show unless it's on BBC um she didn't even like stranger things because it was too dark for her which is a show about children but whatever besides the point um so yes I had to watch Glee in the confounds of like my room with the the volume very low and like had to switch to like YouTube if my parents walked in you know um it was very much not allowed because 
um they would like kiss and have sex and someone was pregnant and like we all just talked about like inappropriate for our little little eyes and ears or whatever but similar to y'all I love the songs and I love the drama obviously and so I think it's very interesting we're talking about this right after we talk about Schitt's Creek because I feel like Glee for me was like one of the very first like shows I witnessed that had like a gay character and it wasn't just like a side character like Kurt is and eventually Blaine but like I majority watched uh, Kurt the first few seasons and that's like he is a main character and like isn't just for the jokes he is a big part of the whole storyline and I think that's one of the really good things about Glee that they do is like allowing kind of like a seat at the table for like representation for young people to like see their first like gay character and it's not just like a part of the plot and it's not just a side character it's someone who's there the whole time and yes like you see these awful things happen to Kurt but unfortunately that is the reality and I think one of the points Glee was trying to like make was showcasing the reality for like a gay man in like rural Ohio not rural they're not in rural Ohio but they're in Ohio um but the part about high high school and glee club (laughs) um yes I was in show choir no we do not call it glee club if you called it glee club we get offended um let's see um if new directions had competed against my show choir we would have crushed them um Rachel's solo is great she would have won an award for that but no show choir does a show with only three songs it's at least 20 minutes the set is 20 minutes you have five songs um and you have costume changes you will never win and if you don't have a costume change that's a fact um I'll like I'll send y'all the can you give us like your favorite set list do you have it on the top of your head well, I, my, I'm just like fangirling a little bit. I'm I'm in the presence of a show choir, a show choir queen. Um, so my favorite show choir, but and a lot of people will say this as well, is called Clinton from Mississippi, Clinton, Mississippi. Um, Clinton Attaché is the name of their show choir. They're they were number one. My senior year, they did this whole show and it was carnival themed. And it had like white horses fun house by pink was their closer and they had all these outfits oh it was so amazing and they had literal bumper cars come out on the stage and like go in circles um okay so the props okay. thing is legit props like, oh props are there's huge. that one where they have like the pinball machines mm-hmm. i thought on glee i thought that was like it kind of extreme no props right? props are big because I think, like, the whole thing is because vocal adrenaline, I think, is more similar many. to today's show choir. Because I also went to go, like, while I was at Swanee, I traveled to Auburn to go watch a high school show choir performance. And oh, yeah. it was outstanding. The hair Was it makeup, Auburn High School? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, they're good. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was our competition, actually. But I will say that Homewood was there with y'all's poops and the curly hair. Yes. Like in the, in the yes. audience, I was, I was fangirling over these, like, 17-year-olds who were so talented. But so I think that's the thing. Like, they are, like, the losers and right. in the Glee Club, whereas, like, the other ones are, like, show choir, like, showstoppers. They can afford to hire choreographies or choreographers. And they don't just have Will Shu, the, like, bum Spanish teacher, coming <laughs> on the side. Can't and, even like, speak Spanish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so he can't even fucking speak Spanish. That shit makes me so angry. That's beside the point at the moment. I could talk about show choir all day, and I'm not going to because that would take the entirety of this podcast. But I just want people out there to know there is a huge difference between a glee club and a show choir. <laughs> a show choir, um, your competition, we like basically the whole month of February and March is dedicated 
to these competitions, you wake up first off Friday night. <laughs> so you, you don't make the, the whole... set list the week of and then go and perform. No, also no one just is like, hey, can piano man, can you please play um my humps? And then you sing it in front of all the students. That doesn't happen. I'm sorry if you actually thought that happened. Just the fact that you chose my hump <laughs> because they did do the weirdest songs, but like what is that? They're like, and like make it B flat. Like they were like like like, I like would give me a key. Give me a any key. other song other than my hubs, like you know what to play. And then they like don't even give him any sheet music. They're just like play my humps off the top of your head, sir. Oh that my guy God. was iconic though. Iconic. Um, they treat him with man. no respect. No he respect. He deserves he re- deserves all the respect. I'm just like I don't get worked up when people say, Oh, were you in the glee club? But it's just, like, it's a very important thing to know. Like, there's a difference. Okay. Okay? <laughs> okay. If I think of any more, I'll bring it up. Please. I'm going to stop talking now. No, I I feel like I've learned a lot. I knew – this is all I know about show choir is Glee. Um, I do want to talk, I guess, about kind of – and this, I feel like, relates really to what we were just talking about of the idea that, like, they're all, like, the misfits and they're, like, the underdog show choir – and the whole kind of idea behind Mr. Shu, trigger warning, um, <laughs> creating the Glee Club was to like uh, foster a sense of belonging amongst kind of a bunch of, uh, I don't know, outcasts. But something that like a question that kind of arose when I was doing a little bit of background reading and just kind of thinking about like Glee as a whole was how this would have an impact on the audience that identifies with kind of that outcast I guess identity like do you think the show created a space for like misfits misfits or wallflowers and then also just like how this I feel like really is like the time for us to dive into how the show perpetuates stereotypes and reinforces kind of conventional understandings of sex gender and sexuality and then also like race and class like a lot of these kind of um important topics so big question but let's let's dive into it I kind of view this in like two ways so I'm going to say yes and no to this question about finding a sense of belonging for the misfits because I feel like genuinely when they are in their like choir room they can be themselves and I feel like that narrative that they were like showing to their audience of them all like sometimes getting solos or like they were able to talk about like real life issues. I really think especially there has not been a lot of media that has all abilities in it. And so I think even them trying to tackle having Artie as a main character and yes, it's problematic because Kevin McHale is not disabled, but I think even them in 2009 being like, we want one of the original cast in the pilot episode to showcase all abilities. I feel like that is a really meaningful to a lot of viewers. But then, so when they're in the show choir room, yes, I feel like there's definitely a space for every single person. But then when they go out into the hallways, like them getting slushied, like the Cheerios coach, Sue Sylvester, bullying them, like having the principal not speak up for them when there's like serious cases of bullying, I feel like that's when it's really an issue And like is showing to the audience that it's like, yes, you can be yourself when you're with other people who are unique. But as soon as you step outside those doors, you are still a misfit. Like it's not genuinely a place of belonging because they are still treated so poorly. Yeah, I completely agree. I read an article or like an essay actually um, written or like a paper. I actually don't know what its original purpose was, but all kind of the same deal. Um, actually think this was like her politics paper at Georgetown, (laughs) but um, an article by Catherine J. Wolfenden um, titled Challenging Stereotypes in Glee or Not, Exploring Masculinity and Neoliberal Flexibility. And it's honestly such a well done article and it's a pretty quick read. So I do recommend to anyone listening, like go go check it out. It's on the internet. Um, But Something she talks about, well, actually, she quotes Brad Fulchuk, who is one of the producers of the show, who says, like, 
our idea was always to use the stereotypes as starting points, something to make the audience instantly relate to the characters. Whether And I, I think what's interesting about that kind of intention is that like, I understand like the point behind it because it's like, if you've never seen if you even if you've like never like not even never seen someone on screen but like never met a person of a lot of these kind of identities that the show represents then you're like oh I can I can recognize what that is right then and there <laughs> like which like because of it because it's a stereotype and I think that's like what is behind the kind of wanting to relate I don't know if it's I don't know how often people actually personally are able to like relate to a stereotype but I like get the intention behind that I just for me um, and I, I, I get that it makes sense. Like when, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't write TV shows. I'm not a writer. Like I get that. Like if you're writing, if you're in the writing process and you're trying to create something that is unique and you're not like, <laughs> I mean, for me, I'm kind of like, okay, well maybe there should have been like more than three white men in the writing room. Um, and then they could have also helped to like craft these conversations. But yeah, I just think it's interesting that like stereotypes were used as starting points because I don't think they really like the article that I just referenced like talks about how they don't really ever get away from that kind of starting point. They really always continue to like drive that stereotype. And the, I, I mean, apart from Kurt, cause we did talk about Kurt earlier and I do think that he has a pretty nuanced plot line and we get him like start to finish in the series. And obviously there are things about him that are certainly problematic in representation. And I can't speak to like, feeling seen by his identity because I am I'm not a gay man um but I do think that the other characters that are like stereotyped like marginalized othered identities from like the white thin straight um cis people like kind of main characters all of these kind of minority characters have like one dimensional plot lines and they're really only there to support these kind of like main um to, to support the racial barriers of it all basically and that's like part of the plot so I get that but I just I don't feel like we I, I feel like I know very little about Mercedes Jones and I've seen the show all the way through four times probably so and honestly like same with Santana and same with like even Brittany who's white like I just feel like you get such a deep dive of people like Rachel and Quinn and 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 Finn and even like Sam like I feel like I know a lot about him but I know very little about Mercedes Jones <laughs> like I'm just kind of like okay well like we have very one-dimensional plot lines going on here but Pete I'll pass to my or Amelia if you want to if you have something to say I'll let y'all fight <laughs> uh, just one thing that I wanted to say that like directly relates to not knowing very much about Mercedes and then when it's like finally an episode on maybe her family or she has a new relationship and it's her at a black church with a black choir or when it's like mm -hmm. let's finally deep dive into Santana and like what's more about her and it's her abuela and mm -hmm. Lima Heights adjacent and those are just like stereotypes that we've seen before and we really I don't think in those characters really go to that next level that either they were planning on doing or they just kind of said that that was their intention right absolutely yeah I always noticed that like I don't think it's a surprise that um Finn and Rachel are Mr. Shoe's favorites which is weird like what choir director <laughs> asks their um student that they blackmail to be their best man in their wedding that's weird we all can agree on that but I think Rachel's very talented um she sings one, I probably my fave Glee song, which that's a question I added. We're going to say our favorite Glee covers. Um, she's so talented. Obviously, we know that. But when it comes to like, who is the best diva? It's Mercedes, hands down. Um, uh, River Deep Mountain High by Mercedes and Santana. Iconic. Everyone knows that. Um, but like, and yes, like y'all said, it was a plot point one episode when Mercedes like never gets the solos or the one time she does, Rachel throws a fit and then Mr. Shu like tries to make it equal between them. Um, but it's just like, yes, there's representation in the sense of like people of color and like LGBTQ plus and like characters with a disability, but kind of just 
um, kind of repeating what y'all said, they really don't get the spotlight that they deserve because I think Mercedes is a better performer a lot of the time than Rachel, yet we hardly see, you know, her kind of really be able to have the spotlight and hang on to it. It's just like a moment, which kind of is a representation of like the reality and like real life especially in that time it's like oh yeah there's representation but like how helpful is it if it's just like for a second how helpful is it if it's not actually lasting in a deep character development well yeah and I think that like that kind of speaks to what we were talking about earlier of like this is the first time especially because like one of our age at the time but also I think the ways in which the show did push boundaries for its time of like 2009 of like representation as a whole and so it's hard to like, I, and I, I think Amelia, you touched on this, like we're able to like think crit- critically about it now, but like in the moment it did probably have a positive impact in terms of at least like starting these conversations. But at the same time, like, I mean, the argument in this article that I referenced like says like, okay, yes, it did that, but also it, if, if this is people's only exposure to these identities, that it does kind of send the message that like, this is like the way it is kind of deal. Like this is just how it is. And like, there isn't a really like, I don't, I don't think that like the show necessarily pushes the envelope when it comes to like dismantling these systems, which is fine. Like, I don't really know that that is the, well, I don't know if it's fine, but I don't know if that was like the intention behind it. Um, Well, I think Glee is also pretty self-aware a lot of the time, like the whole episode when Mr. Shu sings La Cucaracha to his um, Spanish class. Like, that's so cringe. He simply does not speak Spanish and he's a Spanish. And, but, but like, that's the thing. It's like making fun of these like white Spanish teachers that think, oh, like I'm, yeah, I am being so sure. inclusive by like doing this. And then Santana's like, mm, you could have just, sang the taco bell theme song like that was just as offensive um so like watching that I'm like okay they're obviously self-aware of a lot of the cringy moments that they have but also I'm like not sure sometimes that they're being self-aware when they are being cringy Mm -hmm. um but I don't know what's the next do I do it is the next question yeah I mean we can dive in I mean I feel like there's so much still to say about this in particular but I think we we even we covered a good bit so we can dive into the next we can dive into masculinity if you want unless there's anything Amelia you had left to say about kind of this representation I I had a lot no worries we also Uh can like we also can just like take a moment to like collect our thoughts (laughs) that's okay too no, go ahead. I feel like we talked about Kurgan a lot, and so I'm trying to think. Oh, 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 oh. I just, I just remembered. Um, so one of the things that you just mentioned was them being self-aware in their, like, writing. And I think in one of the later seasons, there's this whole um, storyline where Kitty gives Marley an eating disorder. And I think something like that is so extreme. And all the jokes that they make about Marley's mother, like, everyone knows you don't make fat jokes. Like, that, in 2009 that was not PC and they knew that. So like, that's when I feel like they were making more of a jokes of themselves. But then the things that come across when like Kate Hudson at Niata is still being a horrible teacher and being extremely sexual and they don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I think there's definitely a fine line between when they were being satirical and when they really just, did not think to do anything different or like, I don't want to say that they didn't know better, but it's like they did, were not having inclusive conversations to have the representation in order to make sure that their story was appropriate or made sense to the average viewer. Yeah. And I feel like the show doesn't really tie up these plots like very well. Like it's it's very much just like, okay, now we're gonna sing true colors and like the the and like now everyone's fine. You know, like it's not I mean that's such a good point, like the whole Niata thing and like especially because it is like a whole it could have been like a really great opportunity to like show 
like the power dynamics at play between professors and their students and especially when it comes to things like um misconduct and consent like and like the power dynamic there like there could have been like more of a conversation about that but again it would have also I don't know I don't know like there's just and the same thing with the the fat jokes I think you're just like okay well you know that that's not okay but like what are we doing with this (laughs) like where's the outcome like I know that like in the end like everyone's accepted I guess quote unquote but um I do think it continues to uh, perpetuate like this otherness that that the show like really is like building itself off of like that is it's complete that is what it is it's just like otherness which I don't know I'd be curious to see like if the show did like was empowering to people um but I I I do think it is interesting like how there's always this like white female lead and it's even when Rachel leaves like they're like we gotta fill it in with a white female lead and I'm like you have all of these other talented people like why are you doing this but anyway let's dive into the next cue if we're ready what is the role of masculinity and glee and how does the show um, perpetuate off of male complexes and toxic masculinity my fave question because I hate toxic masculinity so I love pointing it out in shows. I, this question, um, before one of the shows I watched before this, before recording was the Madonna episode, because it was referenced in a few of the articles that I read as being like, kind of the, one of the main episodes that kind of talks about gender and like gender power dynamic. And the whole, like, for those of you who maybe haven't watched it or haven't seen it recently, which is very fair because it's season one, episode 15, if you'd like to go watch. But it, um, they talk about, like, a lot of the, like, girls are being kind of, like, objectified by their boyfriends, pressured to have sex um, with them. Like, Artie in particular has this pretty, like, intense alpha male complex. Like, when he speaks to Tina or really any woman, he's just kind of, like, sup girl and that's it like kind of deal um that's his attitude and uh like Mr. Shu decides that he's going to like or or at the same time Sue Sylvester is like doing Madonna with the Cheerios so then and then Mr. Shu is like oh we'll do Madonna too like she's very empowering and seems like it's going to be really good for the like what what's going on with the girls but what I think is so interesting is that like we see this both with like Mr. Shu with Finn a lot like really with with Puck too like with any of kind of the main male characters they I feel like there's such a savior complex that comes like there's this masculinity that's like like a tolerance that's led by masculinity so it's like oh like I accept you but I'm going to like bully the bully with toxic masculinity I'm gonna like call Karofsky gay I'm going to like I don't know physically fight people like to protect like Kurt or Artie or these marginalized people and then like continue to objectify my girlfriend like I I think that there's like this like well-intentioned quote-unquote tolerance but it's still completely led by this like toxic masculinity and I think Mr. Shu is like the he like reigns supreme as their example and he like in this exact same episode like I think this episode is like such a good example it's funny because it's like praised in a lot of them but I think it's like a good one to really pick apart because he is like y'all need to be nice to your girlfriends basically but then like in the same breath he's like saying to Emma like you need to solve your problems like you need to like like you need to deal with your issues and those are like the exact words (laughs) he uses and I'm like okay first of all like mental health like disability like 
these things are not like problems or issues to be solved like they are I don't even like to be honest like I don't even know if I know like the most PC way of like speaking about them that is like respectful and I think that that is an example like that just shows like the society we're growing up in and how things like OCD or OCD is stigmatized but he is like very much that's also like the like of because it's Madonna that's the like a virgin episode he very much takes advantage of her when she is vulnerable like I'm like dude you're not which I think is the whole point of the episode deep down but yeah I don't know masculinity is like a huge issue uh and I, I do think it's an issue in the sense where folk where I, I do believe that like oftentimes it, they're trying to make an example of it in a in a negative way um to show that it's a problem but Amelia I'd love to hear your thoughts as our guest sorry or not sorry but I did go on a big big tangent so no you definitely struck a lot of ideas in me and because I was definitely thinking like obviously Will Schuster is the worst then I was like he really the way that he treats Emma whether Mm -hmm. they were dating or they were not dating he was like I can like flirt and like be sexy and it'll make your OCD go away like because you like me and because we have a comfortable relationship with each other I can like touch your things or I can make more of a mess and those two do not equal one another like that is just not the way that we treat others Mm -mm. and then another one that I think is like super super big is the whole Rocky Horror episode in which they tackle I feel like a lot of these issues especially masculinity because a lot of it is the boys have to be in just their underwear on stage and Mm -hmm. the show is completely inappropriate for high school. And it takes Will Schuster the entire episode to figure that out. And his intentions of doing that are just to prove to Emma that he can be like a little bit risky and like be a little bit risque when it comes to his life. And the outlet in which you do that is not through your students, like school production of a play. Yeah. And so I think that like, there's so many examples with the students and with the teachers. And I think it was really great that you mentioned that the teacher is the example for them. And so they really do follow that precedent that has been set, but there's just so much stealing girlfriends, stealing boyfriends that is so aggressive and that the dialogue is just because I deserve this or because I'm hot and like their feelings don't matter. And in reality, it always is like a big blow up. Mm -hmm. Will Schuster, I feel like is the definition of the type of person who like quote unquote knows the right answer. Like he knows the right thing to say and like preaches like inclusivity and like decides that he's a model and like has this huge savior complex, but like ultimately he does not lead by example and is like this, he's not any better than like the bullies on the football team in my opinion like he is perpetuating the system just as much as they are I just think about the Britney Spears episode because this ties into our free Britney um episode hashtag free Britney um when Kurt's like I want to do a Britney Spears or like I signed the Glee Club up to do a Britney Spears um song during the pep rally and Will Schuster's like no I don't like that she's not a good role model uh, skip five minutes who is dancing and grinding in front of the whole school singing toxic acapella which is a fabulous cover may I say but Will Schuster what? um okay don't come for Britney bitch when you are doing the same thing also um uh, I think I don't know if this is the first season or the second season basically whenever the first prom episode happens um and Kurt is voted prom queen as a joke that just that really resonated because I feel like that is so something that would happen in real life not necessarily to the point where like people would go to the um to the trouble of like rigging votes to make fun of a gay guy but I think that really is reality for like um a gay guy in high school who's like open and out um, they get ridiculed all the time by straight men with mm-hmm. their um, with like toxic masculinity behavior. So I really, you know, that scene is all the prom episodes are crazy and wild, but that one and specifically that moment, that's the first thing I think of when I think of like toxic masculinity and glee. I mean, like besides like Will Schuster, of course, our king of 
being the worst. The, worst. the well, king of the worst. Well, in this show, too, like, like, mask, like, homo, or being gay is, like, the antithesis of being masculine. So homophobia yeah. is completely used as a weapon against people that are gay and then also, like, straight men as well. And, yeah, I mean, that's, like, a whole... I feel like, yeah, I agree with you, Paige. It's just, like, a whole ordeal. Okay, very quickly, um, we can go around and say what our favorite Glee cover slash song is slash are, because I have two. Should I start? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I love Rachel's rendition of My Man, originally sung by Barbara Streisand. I know it's like not a famous one, but when I watched her sing it, I cried. She cried. Kurt cried. And it was when she and Kurt were in a fight. Um, I honestly don't remember which what episode it was. I don't remember the context. I just love that one. And also, um, oh, wait, oh, I'm thinking, hold on. Blaine singing. Um, Cough syrup? No. Somewhere Only We Know. Mm, yes. Good. That's a good one. So good so good anyways um there are so many more i could do like i said love toxic um love four minutes the madonna episode me against the music slip for you anyway that's all the britney (laughs) songs anyways um (laughs) but yeah Yeah, how about you those two are my faves um i definitely am in the same dilemma where i owned the physical cds of like (laughs) all of the soundtracks and they're vintage they're like all in my car and so it's like I unironically will listen to it. And unpopular opinion coming from me is I do not enjoy Christmas music that much. And, but when I do listen to it, I only listen to the classics. Whereas I know a lot of people listen to Glee just I love for Glee Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, I'm a big Glee Christmas gal. But I would have to say coming in first runner up would okay. be um, Teenage Dream, the Warblers mm-hmm. rendition, because it's such yes. a great song. And I love... They, like, do, like, a lot of, like, props and, like, pyrotechnics in the actual scene. And then I would have to say number one best cover is Landslide. And it's Gwyneth Paltrow, Santana, and Brittany. And the whole episode is beautiful. Like, them just, like, realizing that their relationship means so much. And I think Gwyneth Paltrow, like, she has one of the best characters on the show, Holly Holiday. Like, she's so maternal. And she really is such a good role model for the students. And so Landslide all the way. Yeah, I was going to say Landslide, too. To and I love anything with, with Holly Holiday. Um, another one that came to mind was when they do Umbrella and Singing in the Rain, and they have, like, the rain on stage and that whole – like, I love a good dance number, which I know isn't, like, mm-hmm. the point of, like – I know we're talking about just, like, listening to the song, but in terms of the performances, like, anything – That's where, important as well. Anything That's where I could valid. really see Britney dance. Um, mm-hmm. Good. Valerie – amazing so good um yeah river deep mountain high i know i said that earlier but had to give Uh, that one a shout out yeah amazing i don't know i i love it all to be honest i used to have okay well i back when like itunes was more of a thing and we would like purchase like one-off songs for 99 cents on itunes i um had a lot of their original songs like loser like me and like Hell great song elton leno great song such a good song i listened to it like probably now and also in terms of christmas music i would say um do they know it's christmas and then um they have one that's like deck the rooftop and i think it's deck deck the halls and up on the rooftop like mash up so i think those would be my two that come to mind sure there are more I, when they do that christmas special and they do um in like black and white and it's like uh curtain blaine like hosting i love that episode so i like the christmas music for sure um but we can dive into our last question our age old question and we're going to kind of combine this because we wanted to talk about things glee does right so if there is anything in as you're thinking about kind of whether or not Glee is feminist, we can also think about like what the show does succeed in. If it succeeds in anything, feel free to share that. But is Glee feminist? I think one of the main things that came to mind when I was thinking about where did they go right 
And I definitely think in Bert and Kurt's relationship, mm. um, they really kind of set you up for Bert to be very like to- toxic in his masculinity, but then he like surprises you and is not, and is very welcoming to Kurt being gay and like st- stand so like stands up and supports him in so many other ways. Like in the later seasons, he goes on to be in public office in order to like increase the arts and increase like um, representation like in the schools. And so I think that that is one of the best storylines hand down, hands down. And it also just kind of shows what it's like to have a blended family because Kurt's dad marries Finn's mom. And in the beginning, Finn was really not open to that idea and just watching them grow and change together and go through such hardship when Finn does die, I feel like they really get family right. Um, a lot of like, just like relationships with mothers, relationships with um, brothers, stepbrothers, sisters is all like really, really good. And I feel like that's one of the easier topics to get right. And I'm happy with the way that they did it. Is it feminist? Is it feminist? I do not know because as we've mentioned before, they do address topics. I don't know if they address them in certain ways, but I definitely understand like when a lot of the girls, like whenever they want to do Britney or if they want to do Madonna or like, they are very adamant and they're like, this is what would empower me. And there's like, I feel like they'd even do like a few Beyonce songs and a lot of those plot lines are very powerful. But I just think the like cattiness that comes with like being a Cheerio and just like popularity in high school and like all the proms um, and like the stereotyping of like the pretty girls wanting to be prom queen and being prom queen would change their life for the rest of their life more than the fact of them going to Yale. Um, I am gonna have to say that it is not a feminist piece of work. The things I think Glee got right I did appreciate like how even though I did critique the fact that like a lot of the you know non-white characters we don't get as deep of a plot line with them we do get a deep like character development with a lot of LGBT um, characters like Kurt and Blaine and Brittany and Santana and I think that's like really important to witness um and was really like helpful for our generation to have on screen. Um, And like, you know, I think Rachel and Finn's relationship while very like imperfect, it was also very, you learned a lot from it and you watched them both grow. I just appreciated the fact that like they weren't trying to create perfect characters. Like Glee was definitely understood like these characters are flawed and you're not going to love them all the time but we're going to try and like keep them as real to the character as possible and I think it's it was empowering for a lot of people to witness that and see those characters. Um, I would also agree it's not feminist because a lot of the like overarching like toxic masculinity present and like the male characters and how they act and how they treat women and also like yeah the whole thing about prom queen was stupid because I think anyone can attest no one actually cares if they went prom queen and if you do baby graduate go to college get a degree like that is not important um so like they do like force these female characters to care about things that really aren't important in the grand scheme of things. So I would say that is not like a feminist TV show, but I would argue that like there are lots of times where female characters are empowered. And I think that's really important and that's really well done when it is put in place. Yeah, I agree with a lot of things y'all have said. Amelia, I'm really glad you brought up Bert because I really do think he's like he like wins the show in my mind and he's my favorite character like by like by far and I do think that like they do right by him um and like overall I mean he's like definitely a flawed character but like you see his growth and I don't think I I think that's the problem with a lot of these characters you don't really like they're pretty stagnant you don't really see them getting to like 
grow beyond the initial plot or the initial like characteristics that were written for them like we see like a plot line but like I think at their core they stay the same which I guess is fine but not always and and not when you're trying to represent a beyond stereotype of an identity um I think that in terms of like whether or not it's feminist I agree with things y'all have said like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like yes wholeheartedly the show is feminist like I'm not inclined to do that I would say no probably um if I had to like pick one or the other I think it's very nuanced but like I think whenever I feel the instinct to say that my my gut is to say no because I'm like okay well I don't really think it deserves my stamp of approval but I do think that the show has like feminist plot lines there are like storylines within the show that are I would consider to be feminist and intersectionally feminist and really like uh shedding light on issues that are related to feminism and to the movement I don't know if that's enough for me to like be like be willing to call it feminist because I think that there is so much to I think to have a show that really like prides itself on representation and that's its entire storyline to one have like all of what we've talking all to have like the kind of storylines where it's very much stereotyped and that going beyond that foundation doesn't really happen but then also to like I think from we from what we know and I know we didn't talk much about this but uh, we touched on it a bit at the, the beginning but like I think the culture that the show from what I understand that the producers set for like behind the scenes and things like from what I hear they really like fostered like a negative relationship between Naya and and Leah and between Leah and um oh my gosh I feel bad that I can't remember her name but the girl that played the female war- warbler she like petitions the school to be oh yeah warbler oh my god <laughs> we had a bunch of birds just came up <laughs> oh my god me too okay her name's her name was Jane, Jane. Howard is her and then her uh, actor name is Samantha Marie Ware. Thank you. Yeah, so, and I apologize, Queen Jane, Queen Samantha, for forgetting her name. Um, but when Leah Michelle like, posted something related to Black Lives Matter this past summer, Samantha spoke out, spoke out about like her saying like incre- incredibly racist things to her. I'm saying that she would like shit in her wig or something like that so it's like messy and I do think that like obviously Leah Michelle has like to take some of that blame obviously like I'm not putting it all on the producers but from what I understand like I think they really encourage particularly between Naya and Leah like encourage kind of this off-screen hostility and kind of rivalry so that it would like help with the show because that was their whole plot line so for me I'm like that's anti-feminist like obviously that's like a whole other thing but um because it's like off screen but I do think that like if that's the behind the scenes of the show like I'm definitely not going to give it my stamp of approval if like these male producers are just like creating a toxic environment for women where they can't like both succeed (laughs) and I get if that's the plot line that's like drawing attention to a really important issue and like maybe I'm okay with that being the plot line but if that is like the behind the scenes I'm not super cool with it so love the show obviously so much I've seen it a billion times but I would not go as far to call it feminist so yeah but Amelia this has been a blast and I know that you are going to share an action item for this week so I will pass the mic back to you to do that yeah um I know that a lot of our conversation went around the whole idea of just like reclaiming identity and trying to have like narratives and like listen to stories that are not perpetuating stereotypes um and we definitely see glee perpetuating these stereotypes so I wanted to highlight the organization glad which is spelled G-L-A-A-D. And from their about page, I think they did a really good job of summing up what exactly they do. So I'm just gonna read it verbatim. But they say that GLAD rewrites the script for LGBTQ acceptance. As a dynamic media force, GLAD tackles tough issues to shape the narrative and provoke dialogue 
that leads to cultural change. GLAD protects all that has been accomplished and creates a world where everyone can live the life they love. And I feel like even in that messaging that it is so great and I feel like we can all just go out and try and live the life that we love and try to reclaim narratives and let people know when they are perpetuating stereotype and that like our one of our favorite TV shows, Glee, also does that. Heck yeah, thanks for sharing that. OMG, I was just about to say, heck yeah. Like we're connected <laughs> yeah. or something. Oh my God, so true, bestie. So true, bestie. <laughs> um, Amelia, did you have a quote you wanted to share or should we find one together? Okay, do we want the quote to be like from the like show, just like a funny quote from the show? Yeah, it can yeah. be funny, it can be feminist. It can we do want it from the show though. Yeah, but yes, from the yes, show. Yes, yes. Because I feel like we didn't talk about Brittany that much. We could do a quote from her. This one I think is funny. It says, I wore a tank top today because I thought it was summer. No one ever taught me how to read a calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love her. Well, this has been so much fun. And I am so glad that we got a chance to catch up and to talk about Glee together. And Amelia, if there's anything you want to share, like if you want to plug any like your oh my gosh I would love for personal follows on my Instagram at Amelia E. Shane yeah Um, yeah, do it come keep up with my life but thank you all so much for having me this has genuinely been the peak of my week you are so sweet too sweet so sweet well hey you want to take us home or should I girl I will take us home okay you got it girl Thanks, Amelia. Thanks so much for coming on. This has been Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens. Bye. Bye.